Hi everyone, happy Easter. My name's Josh, I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm so thankful that you chose to tune in today here at Center Church Online today. Here in BC, the sun is out as Destiny and V, our great hosts today, already said, and it is a great, beautiful day. Vancouver, Surrey, BC shows off so well when the sun comes out. And so I'm excited for spring, new beginnings, and of course, it's Easter Sunday. And before I head into any messages, I just want to say hi to some of you today here at Center Church Online. Mark, I saw you today. Great that you're online with us today. Cassie, uh, Christina, and Christian, so great to have you. Let's just look at the chat. Kelly, Simon, Steve, Miss Crystal online today. We got Megan and Vaughn. Hello, Megan, Vaughn. No, I'm kidding. Vaughn, it's so great to have you online today. Vaughn is one of our service hosts. And so, so awesome to see John uh, online. Becca, Ben and Vicky, so great to have you at Center Church online today. And it's Easter, and so we get to ex- we are excited because we get to celebrate the fact that Jesus not only died, but he rose again. And we're going to talk about the implications of that today, and he, that he is risen. And I'm just so excited to be with you and to get to spend some time here at Center Church Online today. We're finishing up our series, Pathway to the Cross, today. And all March long, we've been looking from the very beginning of the story that we looked at, which was Jesus around the table with his disciples, all the way until uh, the cross, which we spoke about last week. And today we're going to be talking about the resurrection and the implications of that. But before we get to the resurrection, I want to talk today about the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, what is the Garden of Gethsemane and how does it play into today's story? Well, this might seem like a bit of a curveball, but... um, who knew that in March 2020 that we were going to be in the middle of a pandemic? Not many of us knew that, right? I mean, if you had predicted that, we watched a documentary, Destiny Night, yesterday about the first cruise ship that had coronavirus on it. None of them saw it coming, right? We didn't see the pandemic hit, or we didn't think it would last over a year. For many of us, we thought, you know what, this is maybe going to happen uh, for a couple of weeks. Maybe it's three months. We've never really been part of a pandemic before. And so we're all kind of figuring this thing out. Who knew that a year later, two Easter's later, we would still be in the middle of a pandemic? You know what? One the things that we see in this pandemic right days of confusion right days of pain and what's interesting about the garden of gethsemane to circle back to that right is that jesus experienced these same things he experienced pain and confusion we we see this in 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 his disciples that they automatically they were hit with this confusion when jesus was arrested or this confusion when 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 jesus is crucified how can our savior be crucified. They experienced pain and confusion. And Jesus as well experienced the same type of pain. And in the middle of the pandemic, and in particular in BC, as we've hit another shutdown, this is what I've heard, is how do we get through this? Like it was fine the first one, maybe the second wave, but are you kidding me? A third wave? How do we get through the the hardest times of the year? How do we get through the darkest days of our life? How do we get through those moments where we're like, I don't know if I have the strength to take another step. Because the reality is for many of us, when we heard the news that again, we were hitting another shutdown, again, we saw caseloads going up. We had these moments of frustration. We had these moments of how could this be happening? But even though we we're facing a pandemic, for many people, there's, there's the emotional side of things. There can be physical pain as well. There can be moments of confusion, of loss. 
And what's incredible to me about the Christian message, what's amazing to me about Jesus' story, and in particular Easter, is the fact that Jesus doesn't look away from the hard things, but he faces the hard things and he says, I'm going to give you a roadmap. I'm going to give you a pathway for how to get through the most difficult of days. And today is Easter Sunday. And we're going to be looking at this example of Jesus as he heads towards the cross. He dies and he rises again. And we're going to follow the model of his life this Easter and how Jesus navigated the most difficult day of his life. As we see in the story of Easter and Jesus, Friday was the day of pain. What types of pain are we talking about here? Because it's easy to say, oh, he went through hard things. Okay, but what in particular are we talking about on Good Friday? We're talking about physical pain. He was whipped, he was beaten, crown of thorns thrown on his head, blood gushing down his face. He was, people spat in his face, they beat him multiple times. He was tried in those trials, whether Jewish or Roman, because 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born a Jew, and there was the Romans, and there was the Jews that, that uh, both had their own courts, and so Jesus was tried in both. In both places, Jesus is smacked and he is beaten. Jesus endures physical pain. He's, he has to carry his own cross, eventually has nails put through his hands and his feet. Jesus endured physical pain. But he also endured emotional pain. It wasn't just the physical, it was the emotional. The rejection from one of his closest disciples. They abandoned him. When he's hanging on the cross, people walking by and mocking him. When he's in front of these, these, two, these two juries, the, the, Jewish, the Jews and the Romans, he's mocked, he's made fun of. The only ones that are sitting at the foot of the cross is a handful of people, one of his disciples, John, his mother, and a few other women who followed him. Abandoned, alone, Jesus faces emotional pain and relational pain. He knows what it's like in the hardest of days to not be surrounded by all of the closest people. All the ones I'm with you to the end, brah. They weren't there. And spiritual pain. He took the guilt and the shame of everybody on earth that had done anything wrong, past, present, and future, took it upon himself. And he took, the, he took death on the cross, and he took the spiritual pains, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do I say all this? Is it just to glorify how gruesome it was? No, I don't think that's the point that Jesus is making here, even though our sin can lead to some pretty brutal ends. What I want to make the point here, and what I think Jesus is showing us here, is that not only does he take this upon himself, but he also says, what you're facing in your life, that physical pain that keeps nagging you, that emotional pain, like that mental health that you're working through, that in that depression and that anxiety, in those things that you're trying to process through, but you just can't seem to find an end. In those relationships that didn't go so well. When you feel like you can't hug a close friend, you know what I'm talking about? When you feel like there's things that you can't go through, Jesus is saying this, I understand what you're facing. And we don't have a God in heaven who sits on his throne that doesn't understand this. No, through Jesus, God came to earth so that God can relate to his people. 
Jesus can say to us, I understand that emotional pain. I understand that relational pain. I understand the spiritual pain of loss and of guilt and of shame and trying to wade through that. I understand emotionally what you're facing. But Jesus also not just understands our pain, but he also knows the pattern and the pathway to get through this. And so let's take a closer look at a part of his story. And the Garden of Gethsemane is Jesus is going to help us walk through the darkest days of our lives. And in Mark 14, we're going to head into the verse here. In verse, we're going to start in verse 32. Jesus is going to the garden. And we're going to start in the garden and we're going to lead to the cross. But in the garden, he, he's with his disciples, his closest friends. And as we face the darkest of, of days, uh, he's going to show us here what Jesus does. In the hardest day of his life, in the darkest day of his life, this is what Jesus does. Let's read in Mark 14, verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane. There it is. It's the Mountain of Olives. It was an olive garden, not like the restaurant, but you know, like the, the it was a, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. So he has people around him on the night that he knows he's going to be crucified and the, the diff, most difficult part of his life. Uh, here on earth. He says, he took Peter, James, and John, his closest free, free, three, closest three, all right, along with them, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Now look at this next verse. I know a lot of people that try to overlook what's happening, you know, uh, as, as a man, people are like, just man up, just don't even bring up kind of what your weaknesses are, what you're facing, but look what Jesus does here to his closest friends. This is our Savior. This is the one that we call our followers Christians. This is the one that we say, you know what, I will lead and guide my life. This is what he says. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Wow. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Think about that for a moment. What he says to his closest followers. Now I got this all together. Now I got this all figured out. He communicates to his followers. This is where I'm actually at. And so how do we get through our deepest days of pain? Here's what I want to say. The first thing is you need to reach out to your friends. What does he say? Sit here while I pray. I'm just going to say for a minute here, this is why we harness, this is why we keep talking about small groups, small groups, small groups, small groups. What do we do when we're in pain? When we're in pain, we typically isolate, right? We're like, oh, you know what? Um, I'm just going to get on my own. I'm going to think this through. And I'm just going to say, that's dumb. Okay. That's not what Jesus tells us to do. It's a mistake to pull back from your friends. It's a mistake to pull back from people in your life. You need to share your pain with others so that others can share their pain with you, but walk through it together. Think about this for a minute. How open was Jesus about the pain that he faced? He's, have you ever been that honest with somebody in your life? To say, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. To have that type of honesty to say, you know what, this is what I'm facing. You know, if it wasn't for my small group, Right at the very beginning, I don't know where I would be today. And if you're not in your small group, I just want to say, I worry for you. I want you to get involved in a small group because when COVID hit, you know what I saw in so many different people's lives? I saw people saying yes and continuing to be involved in small groups and continuing to be together and continuing to say, you know what, we're going to do life together. I got to say, Christ. Crisis is inevitably coming, and you can't say it's too busy or, man, I'm just not into Zoom. We need to be together. Friends can be there. 
and friends need to be there. And when we're facing the darkest days of our life, we need to be like Jesus and we need to say to our friends, hey, I got some things that I'm working through. Why don't you work them through with me? But friends can't be there all the time. You know that, right? Sometimes friends get tired. What happens in Jesus' story? They fall asleep. They're like, we will sit here with you, but we will fall asleep. And I got to say, in our small group this semester, I love it. I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, some people have fallen asleep on our small group call, and that's totally fine. Do you know why? Because at least they're there. You know, it's like, oh, you know what? I got I to gotta get together, and I got to be fully present all the time. Well, even Jesus' closest disciples fall asleep in important moments of his life. But what I loved about that more than anything is even though they fell asleep, which was kind of funny, and maybe, you know, but what I love was that we were together. What I love is that, you know what, I, I have the honesty that if I'm tired, I can fall asleep, but at least I'm here with others. Let's do life together. So the first thing is friend, uh, we need to reach out to friends. And friends can be there all the, can't be there all the time. They get tired, like fall asleep in small group. They, you know, they get tired, but God is always there. And so the first thing is reach out to friends. But the second thing is this, reach out to God. Reach out to God. God is the only one that can understand the deepest part of your pain. This is what Jesus says in Mark eleven thirty five to 36. It says this, going a little further. This is in the garden. So he's with his little, his, with his little three. He's with his three and he goes just a little further and he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. And look what Jesus says. He says, Abba, Father. This is what Abba means, Father, Dad. He said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not your will, not my will, but your will. When we're in those moments, we, when we reach out to God, some people ask me this question, Josh, how do I reach out to God in the most difficult situations? Don't I need a pastor to pray for me? Or don't, don't I need to get my stuff together? I don't, I don't I need to get it perfect? Here's what he says. Here's what Jesus does. Is he says, Abba, Father. And this is a very, Abba was just like the word dad. And it's when, we, when we're going through tough moments in our life, God isn't as concerned about getting your prayers perfect as he is about just connecting with him. And he's like, call out to me. Just talk to me. So Jesus says, Father, he cries out to him, right? I know you can do all things. I don't want to have this drink of suffering. I don't want to face this. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And what we don't see here is some neat and tidy prayer with big words and memorized scriptures from Isaiah and Jeremiah in the Psalms, all throughout the Old Testament. What we see here is just an honest, heartfelt prayer. So if we're going to reach out to God, whether you're here for the first time or you grew up in church and you did the Sunday school thing, or you grew up and you, 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 went, to, you, know, you went to youth as a teenager, whatever part of your life that, that you feel like, oh, I got it all together, or I don't, or I know this Jesus thing, or I don't, whatever place that you find yourself, there's a way for you to reach out to God. And this is, Jesus gives us kind of the, the path, the, 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 the roadmap to do that. And he says this, there's three things that Jesus prayed, prayed. And this is so important, whether you're first time here online or whether you've been doing this Jesus thing for a long time. This is what he prays. prays. He does one thing. He, first thing is he affirmed God's power. Everything is possible. Look what he says. He says, Abba, Father, he cries out to him, God, Dad, everything is possible for you. He affirms that God is able. What does he do next? First thing is when we pray, we affirm God's power. The second thing is he expresses his desire. 
take this cup from me. What does he say? Take this cup from me. I don't want to die. I don't want this. I don't like this pain I'm in. This sucks, right? I'm hurting bad. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of what's gone on in my life. To be honest before God. Oh, I got to get all my words perfect. Oh, I got to get it all together. I got to get my story put together. No, just cry out to God. Express your desire. This is hard. And what's the last part of this? He affirms God's power. He expresses his desire. And the third thing is he offers God his trust. I want your will, not mine, God. I will trust you despite what I see and what I feel. And if we're going to get through the hardest days of our life, one, we need to reach out to those around us, our friends. This is why small groups are so important. And this is why, as we start a new semester, I want to encourage you to get involved in groups. But second is this. Is one, we, we need to reach out to our friends. But second, we need to reach out to God as Jesus shows us in the toughest day of his life. In the darkest days, we need to reach out to others and reach out to God. Jesus eventually finds himself on a cross. He gives up his life in one great act of sacrifice and love. He dies. Nobody's waiting outside of the tomb. But it breaks open. He rises from the dead, bringing that which is dead back to life. And this Easter, despite what you are facing, know that Jesus' resurrection means that God can work through all of our situations to produce something incredible in our lives, in our hearts, and in our minds, even in the darkest of days. Nothing is impossible. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead lives and breathes and is active in our lives. The resurrection is our hope that not all is lost. What may seem dark today, God can work through it for his good. God ultimately will be with us and give us the strength and the faith to overcome the darkest and the toughest days in our life. He is able. As we reach out to our friends and we are honest with them and we say, this is where I'm at. And as we reach out to God and say, God Help us by affirming his power, by expressing our desire to him, and by offering our trust that God will see us through. Now we're about to go into a song. It's called Hosanna. Now Hosanna is one of these Christian words that people are like, oh, I'm going to sing Hosanna. But they're like, what does it actually mean? Does it mean praise? It means save us. As a matter of fact, there's urgency to it. It's save us now. And as the team is about to lead us in this, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what the darkest day looks like for you. I don't know if you've had the best week or you've had the hardest week. I don't know, for many people, this year has been a challenging year. I don't know exactly what your situation looks like. But for those of you today that are facing that challenge, for those of you when you face that, ch- that shutdown and you thought, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm gonna get through. There's a God in heaven who loves you. There's a church, center church, where we've got small groups and we've got people that are willing to say, hey, we want to do life with you. But there's a God in heaven that 2,000 years ago sent his son Jesus to die and to rise again, that we might have hope and we might have life and a way forward. And today as we sing this song, as we sing Hosanna, it's saying, God save us. 
from this situation, God, we reach out to you and we ask for your help. Hosanna in the highest, from on high, we ask you to intervene. We ask you to save us. We ask you, God, we need you. This Easter and this time right now, we need your help. And my prayer today is that you would find help in Jesus and that you would find people, a community around you at Center Church that would love and support you. If today you haven't started that relationship with Jesus and you want to reach out to Jesus and say, save me, save me, I need help. Well, it starts with a simple prayer, a prayer surrendering yourself to Jesus and saying, I need you. I recognize that you died and you rose again. And I reach out to you now and I ask you for help. And what this prayer isn't is it's not signing up for a class. It's not signing up to volunteer. It's not signing up to be at church online. It's not even signing up to be a part of Center Church. What it's saying is this prayer is about saying, yes, Jesus, I choose to follow you. And if that's you today, you can pray this simple prayer. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and he rose again, you believe what I said today, that if you believe this and you say it with your mouth, you confess it with your mouth, that you will be saved. And you can, you can have assurance in that. You can know that Jesus is with you today and that he's changed your life. If that's you, you can pray this prayer right now. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you died and you rose again for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I reach out to you now and I ask you to help me. Thank you, God, that you have sent your son Jesus for me. Lead and guide my life, I pray. I reach out to you now. Father, have your way in me. Amen. And for those of you that prayed that prayer today, I want to say I'm so excited for you.